episode 186 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Start of the Bialystok trial and hunger strike from Contra Info, translated by Anarchist News. Brief update on the Bialystok trial and letting us know that Francesca has joined the hunger strike. Quote, the start of the Operation Bialystok trial. The request of the prosecutor for an immediate trial has been accepted for Francesca, Nico, Flavia, Roby, Claudio, and Danielle. The first hearing in the Assis court will be in Rome on December 14th at 9.30 a.m. We've come to learn from Fra's lawyer that Fra joined the prison hunger strike that began on October 19th in solidarity with the anarchists Beppe and David. We're also told that the prison had blocked all the letters in which she wanted to communicate this decision along with her reflections. From the letters we've received in this period, we inform people that Comrade Beppe as well imprisoned in the Pavia prison along with two other prisoners will start a prison hunger strike along with Nico and Juan. Alfredo and Ferrara has also made known his adherence to it." Unquote. Write them. Interview with Gustavo Rodriguez, part one, from Contra Info, translated by Anarchist News. An interview between people who don't know each other but who are both insiders to the anarchist scene, or at least an anarchist scene, and who are both prepared to be controversial. This interview is focused on prisoner support, how to and how not to, and Gustavo continues to be a breath of fresh air. Contra Info asks Gustavo about his criticism of some ABC chapters, Anarchist Black Cross, for supporting not only non-anarchists, but anti-anarchists. His answer calls out US ABCs in particular for supporting non- and anti-anarchists, and for not supporting anarchists. They then move to talking about prison abolition. Quote, Now, regarding abolitionist doctrine, I would like to make a few comments at the risk of boring you again. Recently, the discourse around the abolition of prisons, and in recent days, the issue of the abolition of the police, has taken off inside our camp. In fact, there is an anarcho-Bolshevik group that calls itself the Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement, RAM. I believe that all this rhetoric must be approached from the reaffirmation of anarchic theory and practice, in order to divest ourselves of these alien conceptualizations. When we speak of abolition, We are referring to the annulment of laws, institutions, and or customs that are morally unacceptable for society. In other words, we are demanding intervention from the state. Evidently, this reformist action is completely opposite to the anarchic praxis. Reforms only help to consolidate domination, period. I do not know when this confusion about abolitionism suffered by some comrades became more acute, and here I include close people such as Rodolfo Montes de Oca, nor under what circumstances was the door open to all this reformist hogwash, unquote. The exchange moves on to more general questions and is all in all worth reading. Anarchist prisoner Nastasia begins hunger strike from Atake via AMW. So many hunger strikers, so much humility. Quote, but in the meantime, my jailers seem to have lost the urge to do their job. Suddenly, the employees of the commander's office, who take care of my mail, come and deliver it to me once a week, or even more rarely. Outgoing mail does not go out. Incoming mail piles up on their desks, perfectly in line with the spirit of careless officials with which they administer the whole prison, and to confirm, once again, if there is any need, the punitive and retaliatory nature of this measure, given that they are not even interested in what I write or receive. For this reason, and given that the circumstances do not suggest a change of course, I have decided that from Saturday, October 24th, I will start a hunger strike, which will last as long as I see fit. This is a personal battle, which may not help, which perhaps shows a lack of imagination on my part, but which I feel is necessary." 
She ends by encouraging people who write French to write to her, though it's unclear when she will get the letters. 14 Anarchist Prisoners in Hunger Strike, from Act for Freedom Now. Quote, From last 1st of September on at least 14 prisoners, mostly anarchists, take actually part of a new rotative hunger strike against the precarious health conditions in the Spanish prisons. They emphasize also a 14-point program against isolation custody, tortures and physical and psychical violence from the guards, dispersion of prisoners far from their home, etc. Every comrade is doing a 10 days hunger strike, one following the other, every month three prisoners." Unquote. It also goes into a bit of detail about abuse by a prison guard of Carmen Badialachos, who has cancer and requires a wheelchair, as well as the cases of Claudio Lavazza and Gabriel Pombo da Silva. Write an anarchist prisoner or two today. Gary Sisko, 1954 to 2020, from 7daysvt.com, a mainstream news source in Vermont. Quote, Crispo's everyday commitment to the struggle for human dignity was wide-ranging and notable. He managed a homeless shelter and fought for public access to waterways and affordable housing. More recently, he was an outspoken supporter of democratic confederalism as practiced by the Kurdish YPG-YPJ. Gary was an anarchist and longtime friend and confidant of Murray Bookchin, as well as a voracious reader of scholarly genres, including political theory, history, the cosmos, religious writings, and the natural world, unquote. Also, apparently he really loved Bronwyn. Nice for him, presumably. The court ruled against Golden Dawn, but struggle continues in the streets from Cranthink. Golden Dawn, for those who don't know, is a long-standing fascist group in Greece that has been established enough to get some of its members elected to Greek office. It recently went on trial for many murders over the years, including of at least one anarchist. It was found guilty of some things. This is a quote from Radio Fragmata in response. Quote, we sympathize with this broad moment of joy at the expense and inconvenience of the scum making up Golden Dawn. However, we want to use our voice to state that our thirst for vengeance for their heinous acts is not satisfied. We desire the liquidation of fascism, both on a social and institutional level, not the judicial regulation of fascism. With a humble appreciation for the feelings of redemption experienced by the family and friends of those affected by Golden Dawn's rotten existence, we also want to point out the trickery of New Democracy's administration. In some ways, New Democracy also won today. In creating the spectacle of justice, they attempt to distinguish themselves from the fringe extremists of Golden Dawn and reinforce their claim as the moderate, neoliberal heroes of a Europeanized Greece. At the same time, they continue carrying out fascist pogroms against people of color and immigrants and waging war on anarchists and anti-fascists, unquote. Nothing to argue with there. That's only about a third of the piece, though. The rest is another survey of the state of resistance in the nation, a la Crime Think's specialty. No, really, what is anarchism? From The Bates Student by Eric Fleischman, who also writes for C4SS. This is a 101 to explain what anarchism is, and it rests heavily on the old dead white dudes, bolstered by Graeber and Chomsky, one of whom is now dead and the other definitely old, though not as old as the other old dudes. Obviously, a 101 on anarchist news is going to have a hard time, and this one is predictably disappointing. It spends more time talking about how mainstream media gets it wrong than it does on explaining what it is. One wonders who felt the need for this piece of writing and why. Not worth a quote, sadly. The front line and the line to the ballot box from CrimeThink Chile. CrimeThink continues to be the source of resistance news from at least the American hemisphere. I'm sure this one is just as accurate and up-to-date as the one they did on Chile last week. 
first-person daily accounts of daily protests and street actions, including fights between soccer hooligans. Check. Don't get me wrong, it's nice that they're a consistent source of not always mainstream information. Very reliable. Diane de Prima, prolific beat poet, dead at 86, from mainstreamdatebook.sfchronicle.com. I think the word anarchist occurs once in this obituary, and perhaps we can be happy she got that much recognition. She apparently lived a rich life and continued writing the whole time, was certainly a low-key but constant presence in the San Francisco Bay Area for the past 40 years. Revolutionary letter number 19 for the Poor People's Campaign. If what you want is jobs for everyone, you are still the enemy. You have not thought through clearly what that means. If what you want is housing, industry, GE on the Navajo reservation, a car for everyone, garage, refrigerator, TV, more plumbing, scientific, freeways, you are still the enemy. You have chosen to sacrifice the planet for a few years of some science fiction utopia. If what you want still is or can be schools where all our kids are pushed into one shape, are taught it's better to be American than Black or Indian or Jap or PR, where Dick and Jane become and are the dream. Do you look like Dick's father? Don't you think your kid secretly wishes you did? If what you want is clinics where the AMA can feed you pills to keep you weak or sterile, shoot germs into your kids while Merck and company grows richer. If you want free psychiatric help for everyone so that the shrinks, pimps for this decadence, can make it flower for us, if you want, if you still want a piece, a small piece of suburbia, green lawn laid down by the square foot, color TV whose radiant energy kills brain cells, whose subliminal ads brainwash your children, have taken over your dreams, degrees from universities which are nothing more than slum landlords, festering sinks of lies, so you too can go forth and lie to others on some greeny campus. Car Arson's Avenging Liebig 34 from Anon, a communique. Quote, because somebody allegedly claimed 34 million damages as retaliation for the eviction of Liebig 34, and we don't know whether that has now been achieved, in the meantime, we set fire to a fat Mercedes sedan in this elitist neighborhood in the early morning of October 17th. Will the electric be satisfied with the rulers and get used to the fact that the echo of the social war can be felt from above in the villas of the elites? In the monopoly of the rulers, the calculation will be sober. Exchange one house in the northern neighborhood for 100 burnt-out tin boxes. For us, it is still a defensive fight that the power can win with its army of mercenaries. But the dissatisfaction will grow, and the smell of burnt plastic will spread all over Berlin, unquote. Claims for Actions by Anarchists in Greece from Act for Freedom Now. Three very short communiques in one. ATMs, a diplomatic vehicle of the German embassy, and the car of a fascist while it was parked at his house, in Patria, Thessaloniki, and Annapoli. Solidarity. State of Resuscitation from Act for Freedom Now, about the lockdown in Naples and why half a lockdown is worse than a full one, because, of course, a partial one allows for the more privileged to get their needs met while staying more or less away from the disease, while service workers, etc., still have to work at greater risk than ever. Quote, in this permanent dystopia, reality will continue to surpass the most perverse fantasy of science fiction writers. Not just a virus that reduces humanity to house arrest, we are now facing a society in which people only leave their domestic cells to go to be exploited. As written in the latest issue of Vetriolo just out, the energies of the exploited in our time are frozen, in many senses only to be thawed at the moment of production. 
Fetriolo number five, Stato di Pandemia, Pandemic State. A post-consumerist capitalism in which the old produce, consume, drop dead, has been reduced to the binary process, produce, drop dead. In this system, women and men of flesh and blood are only useful if they are able to work, unquote. The writer suggests that no one should be working, which I guess would mean that only state workers would be doing things like providing food and medicine to people and picking up garbage, etc.? Doesn't go into specifics. Maybe I have to read Vetriolos? Call for solidarity to Abtin Parsa from Anon. Quote, call to all comrades, anarchists, and anti-fascists in the Netherlands for solidarity with revolutionary anarchist Abtin Parsa. A revolutionary comrade is in danger of extradition to Greece from the Netherlands. Abtin Parsa is an anarchist former political prisoner from Iran who was imprisoned for one and a half years. Unquote. Parsa escaped to Greece and then escaped to the Netherlands. There are many links. Perhaps one of them includes the relevant information about who to contact and what to say or what kinds of actions are desired or... The Triumph of Democracy and Its False Critics from Contra Info translated by Anarchist News. If you're going to read just one piece on Chile after the rejection of the previous constitution, this is the one I would choose for you. Quote, How will the revolters, today transformed into proud voters, bear this contradiction? We don't know. What we do know is that those who yesterday denounced the brutality of the repression, today were kindly received at the polls, escorted by the police and the military. What we also know is that on the fresh blood on the pavement in which the young Anibal Villarreal fell, assassinated by police bullets just three days ago, today the idealized settlers dance and sing drunk on democracy. And power laughs, laughs, and laughs. It laughs because institutions are validated. It laughs because now it will have at its disposal more conscious and democratic citizens who voluntarily help to point out the refractory, the divergent, the insurrect, the antisocial, the violent, who interfere with their processes of change full of disgusting civility. Power laughs because it knows that with guilty hope, even some self-denominated anarchists went to the polls to officially surrender to the enemy, to reject their own ideas, to capitulate with their convictions as liquid and volatile as the memory of the so-romanticized people. Unquote. Audio and video, non-Servian podcast number 22, Corey Massimino, Libertarianism, Politicians, and Borders, an hour and 24 minutes from non-Servian media, which is a left market anarchist project. Presented here is an interview with Professor and C4SS Fellow Corey Massimino, mostly about things that are of interest to market anarchists, which is to say, talking about Maury Rothbard. There were, however, a few shiny moments in the conversation, particularly Corey's observation that radicals tend to see any amount of change or progress in society as being directly related to how much their ideology has been implemented and seeing any worsening of social conditions being related to a lack of implementation. We are the change we want to see in the world. We are winning. The Liberation Podcast 06, Julian Langer, an hour and 15 minutes from the Liberation Podcast, which says about itself, quote, the origin of this podcast stems from where I can only imagine nearly every podcast has started, on your second glass of red wine. It was during the second glass that myself and company fell into a conversation of what it means to experience liberation. It is obvious that there is no real language for liberation, but surely we can use language and its inherent complexity that may inch ourselves closer to what that experience may be, unquote. So, yeah. Anyway, if you are interested in the personal philosophy of Julian Langer, oh boy, will you enjoy this episode. If not, maybe skip it. 
As with the previous Langer interviews posted to A News, this is mostly an exploration of him as a person, rather than a particularly interesting conversation about, like, the world and stuff. The part where he mentions leaving a sandwich to mold in your office building being an example of practicing his ideas was funny, though, but maybe not for the reason he thinks. <laughs> Soulcast, Fire Ant on Anarchist Prisoner Solidarity and Homesteading. An hour and 17 minutes from Soulcast. For those of you who don't know, Fire Ant is, quote, a publication focused on spreading the words of anarchist prisoners and generating material solidarity for our imprisoned friends. Begun as a collaboration between anarchist prisoners and anarchists in Maine, Fire Ant seeks to raise material aid for anarchist prisoners while fostering communication between anarchists on both sides of the walls, unquote. The first half of this conversation covers the guests, Rob Katz, path toward getting involved with prisoner support, along with some of the difficulties that came with doing support that spans decades. The second half is a bit less topical, mostly talking about homesteading and gardening, which is charming, but didn't totally hold my interest. Oh, also, Rob mentions that Eric King can now receive books sent to him by publishers. He may still be restricted from sending and receiving letters, but if you are or know a radical publisher out there, spread the word. Jason McQuinn's Egoist Essays on Immediatism podcast, 35, 26, 24, and 16 minutes respectively from immediatism.com. Jason McQuinn is a longtime anarchist writer associated with the stable of post-left thinkers as well as the original publisher of Anarchy, a Journal of Desire Armed. Here, Immediatism offers a few selections which showcase how very much into Stirner Jason is, as well as fleshing out his concept of critical self-theory. If you are a philosophy nerd, you may enjoy his foreword to the booklet Stirner's Critics, which lays out the context and aims of Stirner's project. Not being particularly well-versed in philosophy, the jargon was a bit rough, and I'm not exactly sure that Stirner in fact provides us the antidote to all forms of religion, ideology, enslavement, etc., but then again, I haven't read the Ego book yet. <gasps> Bad News, episode 39, 33 minutes from Our Radio Berlin. This is the usual, if slightly shorter, showcase of international anarchist news, with this month featuring student protests in Greece, the trial of Golden Dawn members, the eviction of queer anarchist squats in Germany, and some annoying things happening in the UK. The annoying UK thing is that people are surprised about an arms firm with contracts in Israel also having a contract with the UK government. Color me shocked. of the week saying goodbye come back whenever or i remember dead people this is a mishmash of thoughts on interacting with respecting and remembering the dead partially inspired by a death in my life partly by my strong reaction to the phrase rest in power and partly by halloween the best of all recognized holidays the death in my life has me pondering ways that people are remembered which will never be correct or sufficiently whole Memory is biased at the best of times, and death is the ultimate opportunity to hold on to what already best fits our understanding about someone. Death means that they will never again surprise us or exceed our understanding of them, or that's the worst case scenario. Talking to other people about someone who is dead can still surprise us, I guess. 
Rest in power pisses me off because it seems to be insisting that people must remain in these bullshit struggles even after they're dead. To me, the power contradicts and overwhelms the rest in the phrase. Finally, but related to the above, do you want to be around after death? Do you want people to hold seances and call on you? Do you want to chat with your people after they've shuffled off, walked on? What is important about death? In your relationships with, sorry, what is important about death in your relationships with specific people? How do people become more present once they can never be around again? What is an appropriate to you relationship to the dead? Greetings, Anarchy Land. Ariel here, and I'm super excited to have the one and only Ariel Attack on the line with me. Hi. Hello. Um, okay, so I don't know. I mean, I can jump right in if you want. Cause you should it's, jump it's actually, right in. <laughs> well, it's kind of amazing because the first thing that comes to mind when I uh, when you read this is that um, the first time I was on an A News Topic of the Week, um, it was with Aragorn. The topic was solidarity. Um, it was the last time I saw him, or it was on my last trip, or it was the last, yeah. The last time I saw him was that trip. And we talked about, um, the topic was solidarity, and we talked about uh, kind of the way in which um, when you're um, jailed or or uh, when you die or things like this, people will sometimes, like, express solidarity with you, but then actually they're not your people. Mm. Um like we were talking about just kind of the way that that, that these situations like present a challenge to, um, to how we, to how we remember people and, and also how they present a new way for people to get kind of appropriated by, um, uh, by political tendencies that mm. might be like, uh, in some sense connected to theirs, but also like actually what's going on is, is really gross. Mm. Um, so it's, so anyway, part of my initial thought when you read this is this is kind of trippy. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, um, my second thought, these are going to be a little bit disconnected, but, um, my second thought is basically that it's 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 become clear to me uh, over the last few years that death has this uh, really strong connection to to anarchy. Um, and what I mean by this, for any, for example, like um, uh, like what is what is the black flag about? Well, I think when I was younger, I was taught what the black flag meant, and, it, and they didn't mention death at all. There was some other story involving. Like, oh, well, it's just because it's kind of like the negation of all flags or something like this. Um, or they or they maybe said, told the story about, like, never surrender, sort of referring to the, the white flag and the, and the pirates and stuff like this. Uh-huh. But actually, the, you know, part of the reason that the pirates flew the black flag was because it was a symbol of death. Right. And, um, right. and, and anyway, the, the black flag, um, in, according to Averich, um, when the anarchists first flew it, they were very, when it was Louise Michelle who first flew it, 
they were very clear that they were that this was the symbol everyone knew. It wasn't even like there wasn't a question. Hmm. Like because it was already in the culture in Europe um, that like a black flag was a symbol of death, and um, and so they knew that that's what they were doing when they when they flew the black flag. Interesting. Now, exactly what the relation is, is is maybe a more complicated question, or is definitely a more complicated question. But um, anyway, that's another one of my initial thoughts on this topic. Uh, it's that that's funny. It's not. I it just it's it's very thought provoking for me because one of my um. One of my criticisms of anarchists is that um, we talk about uh, our politics as a fight, as a struggle, mm. as a revolution, um, but we don't talk about death. Uh, which, on some level, historically, that makes sense because anarchy has always been a cult of the young, as most countercultures are. Uh, but as I get older and more of more, I'm surrounded by more people who are not 20. Um, and certainly after this year, it seems appropriate, uh, to talk about death more. And, um, I know that there's been a recent, uh, pamphlet published called how to, I think it's called, called how to bury an anarchist. Um, yeah, and I just, I guess I feel like there should be, there should be more, um, about how to, how to deal with death, the things that you can't avoid about around the business of dying and the fact that you're an anarchist that, you know, doesn't matter and no one cares. Um, and then just also, yeah, I don't know. I am, uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am an atheist. And while I'm comfortable with that and whatever, at peace with the idea that, you know, when you die, you're just rotting flesh and that's just that, that's also kind of not very interesting <laughs> to talk about, right? There's there's nowhere to go with that. Um, so, uh it's not very helpful, but, and you know, when I say that, but I've also had, um, some really strange and powerful experiences, um, with, well, they were all the Aragorn's family, um, uh, the Adala people in my life, things that have happened after they died that just felt not whatever accidental coincidental or something yeah i don't know i don't know what to talk about mm -hmm. anyway um i like the the author of the question being uh, irritated about rest and power um i think that's really funny and yeah. worth just keeping in mind <laughs> i'd never ever considered it um phrase well, had had annoyed me and i just chalked it up to it's annoying because it sounds so cliched uh, yeah, like, like I hadn't done any analysis on 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 it being annoying. I was just like, oh, that's 
really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I don't know. This this idea is interesting, right? The, what the what they say about yeah, it seems to be insisting that they that they stay in the struggle. And uh, yeah, like I think I think uh, I think it's very interesting to me that people that anarchists are talking more about uh, forming relations with mm-hmm. the dead. Um, but I do wonder, like, what are what are interesting relations anarchists can form with the dead that aren't about like that aren't centered around the idea of like the dead aiding us in our struggle or something. Which isn't to say that anyone I mm. actually know is, is is actually thinking about it in such a crass way. I think mm-hmm. that they actually are probably approaching it more interestingly. But it, yeah, I guess it runs the risk of uh, being interpreted that way or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the, the, uh, next to the, well, the last full paragraph um, uh, how do people become more present once they can never be around again? Um, which is probably the question that resonated the most with me because it was the one that required the most thought of me. Uh, like, you know, do I want to be around after death? Do I want people to hold seances and call on me? Do I want to chat? No, just, you know, I finally got out. Leave me alone. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just don't like, if that's a thing that you can really do, I don't. The concept of veils, like between, between places, between spaces. I don't know where that comes from. I swear to God, I think I've gotten it from Harry Potter. Um, I'm sure it's steeped in something else. That's, that's much older and much more articulate. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't, it seems like there's going to be some kind of veil. There's going to be some kind of, of, um, layer. And so if someone can call you back and can, and can, you know, engage with you, you can't actually tell them anything useful. You can't, you can't like bring them any knowledge. Um, cause if I were going to go so far as to say there is something after after life there is something that you get in death it's meant for it's meant for the dead and you know if you're still walking around breathing well you don't you don't get it you can't have it um so yeah no no seances leave me alone uh but but the question about people being more present once they can ever be around again there's there is definitely something about the intensity of my relationship with Airborne changing now that um, you know there are there are, are three kind of primary people in Little Black Cart at the center, um, sort of arguably a, a fourth who kind of comes in and out a little bit, and then there's an army of people around us, um, and the the three of us kind of. We both overlap and work together, but we also have our own little worlds that we're responsible for that are separate from the others. And I've taken a bunch of the responsibility of Aragorn's world. So have you. And so there's a way that that's increased the intensity of my relationship with him because 
I am like, there's, I am kind of now like I am, you know, chest deep in a part of his life that I never had a relationship to before. And not only am I in it, I'm responsible for it. Um, and that's something different. Uh, so like the, the simple, one of the best examples of it is I'm in my room at my desk, at my workstation, this computer is his. Um, now the reason it's his is so that I have access to his files and stuff is because I still need to reference his world all the time. His phone sits my bit sits by my bed and I have to answer it uh, because his number was the number that people had. And I mean, I've had a half a dozen calls where people were like, Oh yeah, I was following up about a thing and I have to go. Yeah, he's dead. Um, and so that feels more in a really, in, in a different way, a lot more intense in a really different way. Like I'm on the inside of a thing that I was on the outside of before. Um, and I'm, and I'm inside it in, in like, without his permission kind of or something like that yeah um yeah yeah i mean we have to like literally hack into stuff right we had to break into his life because he held all the tech secrets um and so you know less than a week after he died i had to sit at his computer and go and wipe wipe away the tears and go okay how do I crack this? How do I break this open? Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, part of part of you is like, this is such a violation. And then part of you is like irritated because why did we never plan for this contingency? Um, but, and so I'm thinking about that and I'm also contrasting that too. And now I'm going to get super personal here. Um, uh, my father died of COVID about two months ago. Um, my father lived in Florida and had for many, many years. And before that, he lived in Ohio. And of course, I am here in California. So I didn't see my father very often. Um, and we didn't talk a lot, mostly because, you know, geography and life, whatever. Uh, not not because I didn't like my father. I liked my father just fine. I was actually rather fond of him. Um, but... I moved away from my family a long time ago for a lot of reasons. So I didn't talk to him very often. And when I didn't talk to him, I didn't think about him very often. And so he's been dead a couple months, but I don't really miss him because I don't really see him. But there's this way that he is more present because I think about him a lot now. And he kind of pops into my head often, as opposed to when he basically never did before. Um, and I think that there's definitely going to be this thing where his his death is kind of not going to be real until the right context comes up, the right place and the right time and the right moment where it's like, oh, right, he should be here. Oh, right, he can't be here. Oh, right. Fuck. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It was, it, it was I, I think it's kind of the, the best part of, of all of the questions asked. And that was what it made me think of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could think at the moment kind of like of where I see the, the, especially the last question, or not the second to last, um, 
how do people become more present once they can never be around again? Um, I wish I could kind of at the moment think of, of a, of a connection between that and the, and the, the anarchist ideas. You know, I've, I've tried to think through a lot of the, a lot of the ways in which it does or doesn't make sense for, um, well, the thing I said at the beginning about, about the, the anarchist symbols being, having this, uh, these death associations. I think in certain ways it makes a lot of sense, you know, mm-hmm. like one of them would just be like, you know, death is kind of, uh, uh, a destroyer of all the, of all the like social relations between people and, and of the like classes and, and, you know, when you die, you don't get to, you don't get to bring any of your privileges with you. You don't get to bring any of your whatever, like your money doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't save you. Right. It is right. Your, 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 your privilege doesn't, yeah, none of that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to take any of that with you. No, no matter how hard so many, many cultures have tried. Right. Right. And then of course that's another connection for me, right? Is that in some sense, the denial of death, it's like anarchists aren't for death. I think we're for life, (laughs) but like, um, but the denial of death is so intrinsic to the, to the, to the history of civilization, to the history of, you know, uh, empire Mm -hmm. and, uh, and kingship and all these things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. And and then and then I guess the other thing that occurs to me is that there is this. There's a lot of history, you know, aside from the anarchists who have who have killed people, sort of for anarchist reasons or whatever. There's also all these other interesting histories of of anarchist involvement in in death, like. Um, for example, the the uh, one of the things anarchists did during the uh, AIDS crisis, they, they did a lot of things. But one of the things that anarchists did during the AIDS crisis was was actually run uh, like death clinics mm-hmm. um, for people who you know didn't have access to the to the kind of medical care that would have you know really given them a good quality of life if if that was even available to people who weren't super rich at the time right or to anyone i don't know but um yeah doing doing those kinds of practices and um you know i think also of like abortion and and things like that um where there's some kind of yeah there's some kind of anarchist involvement in these um In like having access to death, not be controlled by the state, right. and like limited and 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 uh, yeah, limited and and monitored and legalized. Yeah, no, it's true. I've, I, I, but yeah. those. Go ahead. No, I no. It's never mind. Um. Uh. I mean, what do you think about the question? 
Okay, I'm, well, I'm gonna, you can, you can tie both of these things together. The very last question, what is an appropriate relationship to the dead? Well, I mean, I th- the, que- the question in response to that is like, which, which dead? Right? Hmm. I mean, I think, well, I, I think that the, the, the question of, of the relationship to the dead in, in like all these, like, uh, in, in, in so many, uh, traditions, it's, it's almost always a question of like, uh, of, uh, of ancestors or like the dead who are, who are in some sense, your, your dead, Mm -hmm. Uh, or a different way to put it is that like, they're the people who, if life is, if, if, if time is not linear, they are kind of the people who are uh, living, uh, whose lives are connected to yours. If, if we, if we're all living simultaneously with our ancestors, then our mm-hmm. ancestors are the people who, whose lives we're living uh, connected with, right? So, you know, in, in anarchist terms, you know, we, you know, I think all anarchists have some sense of a connection to to their anarchist ancestors, right? And like we talk about these people all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I would just take that question and first of all say that it, it's a question of, of, um, The, the who is, is relevant, right? Like there's a difference yeah. between the dead who are um, who mean nothing to you and the dead who, who, who whose lives you feel like are in some sense uh, deeply connected to yours. Yeah. So and, what if I ask this specific question then? What's an appropriate relationship to the dead when it's someone who, as you put it, was yours? I think something like recognizing that that your life and theirs are not disconnected so yeah um, I don't know I mean the, the, the traditional way to talk about this is basically like uh, in in terms of like respect and things like this and um, and I think that there's different ways to interpret that that are like more more and more and less like authoritarian. And I think that for me that like, I think that for a long time, I, I sort of conceived of that idea as more like necessarily authoritarian. Mm-hmm. But I think especially if you don't think of time as, as, as linear, then, then actually it's, it's what's happening is different. It's not that these people lived before you and so they like know more and so like there's just this like one way transmission of I don't know some kind of knowledge or some kind of tradition or something like this it's more like um, I don't know how to put it exactly but it's more like the fact of your 
the fact of like to put it in anar- in terms of the anarchist tradition, it's like the fact of my being an anarchist and the fact of there having been anarchists in the past are like mutually dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. And, sure. And and for anarchism to like continue into the future and the past are are both um, mutually dependent. Um, or or to put it differently, it's like it's interesting to me how there's a moment in my life where it's like I'm 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 so uninterested in history. Because, and it's and it's not and it's basically because to me all the things I'm encountering are new to me and right. so I'm uninterested in in the history of those things. But then as my uh, connection to those things becomes stretched over years and, and and decades, like anarchy or like the the, the his, you know the like. Um, yeah, other things. It's like as my it's like as my connection to those things stretches across time. I is, I notice myself also being like really interested in like those stories. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who read. I just for the record, I'm not someone who reads like a ton of anarchist history or something. It's just that like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I feel a lot more interest and 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 like yeah i feel a lot more interest in those those stories and those people yeah no i mean i feel like yeah i i agree with you i i guess the the only thing that i have to add to that i didn't want to add to that i wanted to end on that that was really nice uh but it makes me think about like one of the things that happens when you die is you no longer get to be a part of the conversation mm. right so um, you're the 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 body of work that you have put into the world, and so I'm thinking about anarchists, writers, and thinkers. Um, it is now subject to the combination of standing it on its own and the way that others interpret it, and you no longer have the luxury of correcting people, right? If they're misinterpreting what you were trying to say, if they don't understand what you meant, if they get it wrong you no longer get to participate. Uh, And that's, um, I think that that should be a lot more complicated for anarchists than I think it usually plays out. And I, yeah, I'm thinking as I'm talking, so I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I have too much more to say. Yeah, that's kind of what I've got, but I don't know. It seems like a worthwhile train of thought. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, thank you for doing this with me, and um, thank you for bearing with me today through it, Anarchy Land. I think it was actually a little harder than I thought it was going to be. Until next time, uh, take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. uh, Stay strong. Stay angry. Watch your backs. uh, And... uh, Yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written and read by Chisel and Greg. And we thank Ariel and a friend for their help with the topic of the week, saying goodbye, come back whenever. To learn more, anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material are available at littleblackheart.com. For news by and or about anarchists and up-to-the-minute commentary, see you at anarchistnews.org and or the Anarchist News IRC chat room linked on ANews and or the Anarchist News Pleroma which is antisocial, anti-social with, with periods. creative dots. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org for more information and usually some good commentary. See you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org. Mm-hmm.